some good stuff tonight. We'll take your Bibles and go to Psalm 23, if you would. Psalm 23, and we'll have the guys come and sing a couple more here in just a little bit. But as we've been going through Psalm 23 on Sunday nights, I want to bring you to our third verse here in this psalm. It's not a lengthy psalm, but I've sure enjoyed what we studied so far. And the Bible says in verse number one, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I've been saying the last couple Sunday nights that as you look at this psalm, and not only this but many others, that as we see this relationship between the shepherd and the sheep, we always have to be mindful of the fact that this is not about the sheep, it's always about the shepherd. It's not about us, it's about him. And I love the, the thought here tonight because as we think about the shepherd, Really, there are many sheep that are gripped by fear, especially in the day that we're living in, but every fear in life will vanish if we keep our eyes on the shepherd. We keep our eyes on the one that can do something because God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. And I love the fact that we have a shepherd, and the only way, as it says here in verse number three, for our souls to be restored is by the shepherd. Look in your notes, Psalm 23 and verse 1. The Bible, excuse me, 42 verse 1. The Bible says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I have gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. The Bible says there, and the question to us tonight as his sheep is, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? The word cast here, it's an interesting word I was sharing with my wife. When you think about sheep, the word here, cast, or cast down. Sheep are interesting animals. They say that sheep many times might necessarily lay down in a pasture, but oftentimes when they lay down, if the sheep would maybe get an itch or maybe uh, just kind of lose its balance, so to speak, that there are times where a sheep could roll over on its back. Now, they claim that this happens sometimes because a sheep is a large sheep, overweight sheep, or should I just say fat? <laughs> and the sheep would roll over on its back, and many times they claim that when sheep do this, that sheep do not have the ability to roll themselves back over. So they find themselves in this very awkward position. They claim that the stomach of a sheep is much like that of a, of a, of a cow, that it has different chambers, 
and that, that this animal that God created is, uh, when it digests its food, there are certain gases and things that develop in the whole process of eating. But when a sheep is lying on its back, it doesn't have a way for the gases to escape, and they claim that if they lay there on their back for too long, it could spell death for them because they literally could blow up. They also are defenseless. There are animals like badgers and other animals, even wolves, that can attack sheep when they are, when they are upside down, when they're lying on their back. It's kind of an awkward position. And that's the very word that God uses here in Psalm 42 that says that, that our soul is cast down, just like that sheep on its back in a helpless position, a frightened position, it could not get up. This is a very dangerous place. The psalmist is really saying to us, why do you feel that you're in a helpless position? The Bible says in verse number five, notice these words in Psalm 42, hope thou in God. Our help comes from his countenance, from his presence in our lives. Praise God for his presence See, the sheep that was cast down, that sheep in that position needed to be restored. It needed to be set up right. And this particular sheep, like many of us, have found ourselves in that position where we are, are not right with God, where our soul is not right because all that's going on. If you go to Psalm 51 there in your notes, the Bible says, as David writes in verse 12, he says these words, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And let me just say, he did not say, restore unto me thy salvation. What he said was, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Now, when you look at that verse, certainly what came to my mind was that there is a difference between the word fellowship and relationship. We have to understand those two words as we live the Christian life. A relationship is something that we entered into with our shepherd when we came to know him as our personal savior. When we were born again, as the Bible says, that relationship began when we were saved. The Bible says in John 10, verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. In other words, once we are born again by the Spirit of God, we cannot be unborn. You see, that relationship, Jesus said right there in John chapter number 10, that he gives unto his sheep eternal life everlasting life. It is a relationship that cannot be changed because that relationship is not based on us. It's based on the grace and mercy of God. And I love this thought here because when once the Lord comes into our lives, what does he tell us? I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's a great comfort to us as the sheep of his pasture. Now that word fellowship is different than the word relationship because fellowship 
is what we have in common. Here we are tonight. I look around the auditorium. I asked each one of these young men, where are you from? Where did you grow up? What church you go to? Every one of them are from different areas, just like every one of us. Florida is kind of a melting pot, you know, people from everywhere. No one that lives in Florida is a Floridian. I mean, there's very few of them. And there's just a couple of them here tonight. We, we all just come here from all parts of the country, all parts of the world. But one thing we have in common is shepherds. We all have the Lord. It is the Lord that brings us together. And David, David understood, look, look, as he said those words, David's salvation was not what was gone. What was gone was the joy of his salvation. You know what many Christians have lost? They've lost their joy. They've lost the excitement of what it's like to be one of his sheep. Uh, somehow they found themselves like that sheep cast down, turned over in their life in an awkward position, not being able to live the life that God has intended for them. And David said, restore unto me the joy of thou, thy salvation. What David was really saying as he went on there was, Lord, uphold me with thy free spirit. Is that what you want for your life? God to uphold you by his free spirit? In other words, David was praying, Lord, keep me upright. God, keep me in that position which is honoring and pleasing to you that I can live a life that has been restored. So when I look at this verse here tonight, that he restoreth my soul. What is it that can be restored or set back in the right position. Notice, first of all, tonight that our opportunities can be restored. You know, many times we squander opportunities in our lives. The very word restore, listen to this, here's what it means. It means to bring back again, or it means to bring home. Now, what does the Bible tell us? All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. See, we all wander away from the safety of the shepherd. And the Bible tells us here that we need to be restored back our opportunities. There are many, even some listening tonight, that maybe feel like, hey, listen, I've made a complete mess out of my life. I remember that those days. I remember what it was like to, to be in a lost condition, not knowing the Lord is my Savior. But can I tell you, even as a Christian, being saved 35 years now, there have been times where I have felt as a child of God that I've made a mess out of things. And I love what the Bible says back in the Old Testament in the book of Joel, <clears throat> chapter 2 and verse 25. The Bible says, and I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten and the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. you know what that verse is saying? It's saying that God was judging them because of the sin in their lives. Listen, sin has a price tag, the wages of sin the Bible talks about. So listen to what he says here. God, yes, will judge us because of our sin, but notice he also says that he will restore the years. Now, don't get me wrong. What God was saying here through the prophet was is that God, with the life that they had left, from that point on, that God would restore what was lost. God's not going to give you back those years. When I got saved, I was 20 years old. 
Some of you were saved at a younger age, some at an older age than I got saved. And I began to think about how if God gives me three score years, that one-third of my life was gone, wasted. And my prayer was, God, I want you to take my life and do something with the remainder of it. And here I am, just a couple years from three score. And I'm looking forward, if God gives me many more years, I don't want to squander those opportunities. Listen, our opportunities can be restored. How about this? Others can be restored. You know, God's given us a unique opportunity as Christians, Christian brothers and sisters in Christ. The Bible says in Galatians 6.1, brethren, notice it's talking to believers. The Bible says, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, that's the key right there. See, those that are spiritual should restore such in one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself lest thou also should be tempted. I won't say who it is, but some of you would know the name if I mentioned it, but I noticed this last week. There was a man, supposedly a Christian man, that had gotten very popular in the last couple years. He was always posting things, and I didn't really follow him, but it seemed like every time I turned around, there was something that was posted on social media. And it seemed like a lot of what he was doing was kind of making fun of sarcastically and kind of ridiculing people. And again, I'm not here to judge him. That's not my job. But what impressed me was that after having been caught, having done something that he shouldn't have done, and having had to go through some treatment and go through some other things, He didn't have to, but he publicly apologized on social media. He didn't blame other people. He didn't throw stones at other people. He didn't try to deflect what he did to other people. He didn't blame his mom and dad for what he did. He just said, it's me. I was the one. I was at fault. You know, it's real easy for us to judge other people, to say, well, I can't believe what he did, and to write somebody off. But the Bible says, if we are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. See, others can be restored. And the evidence of spiritual maturity is when we, you and I, who are supposed to be spiritual will seek to restore those that have been fallen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.18, And all things are of God, listen, church, who hath reconciled us. We were sinners. He reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And here's an interesting part. And hath given unto us, we that have been saved by the grace of God, The Bible says he's given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. You know what Jesus did for us? No one could have brought us back together with God except for Jesus Christ. Jesus reconciled God and man back together again. And once we trust Christ as our Savior and that relationship begins, then God says, listen, now I've given you the ministry to bring people back together again. In other words, 
to restore those that have fallen, those that have been broken by sin. And God's given us this ministry, and we are to bring back those that have been cast down, those that somehow have found their lives upside down. Listen, it's important for us to understand that you and I must show people the love of Christ. Not just talk about it, but show people the love of God. You see, when I think about this psalm here, it reminds me that our opportunities can be restored. It shows me that others can be restored. And then notice again in verse number 3, the Bible says, He restoreth my soul. Notice our souls can be restored. This, this matter of relationship, having proper communion with Christ, when our souls are restored, guess what happens? God changes everything in our lives. The shepherd brings us back to the place. You know what the Bible says, that there were 99 sheep, and he went after the one and brought that one home. That's what God does for us. The sheep does not have to restore himself. It's the work of the shepherd to restore the sheep. In the New Testament, we find the work of the shepherd, and it's interesting, in the process of restoring one sheep that had wandered away. I want you to look at some verses here tonight, and maybe you can put yourself in this individual's place. Oftentimes, we want to we want to talk about all the bad things that this individual did, but can I, can I remind you of how he was mightily used of God? Some of the books in our Bible, God used him to pen those words. This one sheep that Jesus went to restore back, Peter. Peter was loved by the Lord. Jesus had proved to Peter how much that he loved him. There will never be in a time in your life like there was never a time in Peter's life where God will stop loving you. Let me say that again. God will never stop loving you. You know why? Because you are one of his children. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll love you. As a matter of fact, he will love us with an everlasting love. Jeremiah said, the Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, God says, have I drawn thee? See, when I think about this one whose soul was cast down, Peter, and I see how that he was loved by the Lord, I see how he was prayed for by the Lord. Luke chapter 22, and you know, it's the Lord said unto him, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that thy faith fail not. Do you know that Jesus, who is seated at the right hand of the Father, is interceding for you today? That he is praying for us today? That he loves us the way he loved Peter? And he's praying for us. But listen, in our lives, understand many times because of the failures, the failures of our lives are oftentimes attributed to prayer failures. That listen, the Lord's praying for us, but are we praying? Are we asking God to work in our lives? Jesus is constantly praying for his sheep. And so Peter was loved by the Lord and Peter was prayed for by the Lord. Notice Peter was also called for by, the, by name by the Lord. 
The Bible says in Mark 16, 7, but go your way and tell his disciples, I love these two words, and Peter. Called him by name. Say, boy, he singled him out. No, there was love in that. He says, go tell the disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. Listen, can I tell you tonight, regardless of what you've done in your life, that not one of his sheep are overlooked. He calls them all by name. And Peter was loved by the Lord. He was prayed for by the Lord. He was called by name by the Lord. Peter's sin was seen by the Lord. See, the Lord knows everything about us. These guys, and I'm not picking on them tonight, they look pretty good. Got nice suits on. They meet all the standards, Brother Sean and his wife. But the truth is, they could be as wicked as the day is long, just like any of us. Peter walked with Jesus for three and a half years. And we all know the story. The Bible says in Luke twenty two sixty one, 61, And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. I can't imagine seeing Jesus make eye contact with me after I denied him. See, Peter's sin was seen by the, by the Lord. That's part of restoration, is when us, as his sheep, when we, like Peter, we realize that the shepherd has seen our sin, the shepherd's eyes are always on us. He sees everything that we do, but you know what he's lovingly waiting for us to do? If we confess our sin, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, Peter's sin was seen by the Lord, but Peter was able to remember his sin. Matthew 26, 75, Peter remembered the word of the Lord, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and he wept bitterly. Peter thought about that. I think when this happened in his life, I don't think that it was a punishment in any, any stretch of the imagination. I really think it was a part of the process of restoration. When the psalmist writes here, David says, He restoreth my soul. Listen, Peter remembered the sin in his life, and then notice what he had to do. The last part of it is he had to face the heart of the matter. The Bible says in John 21, 16, where he said unto Peter a second time, he had already said it once, here it is a second time. He said it a third time. Here's the words. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Do you love me? If somebody asks you tonight, do you love the Lord? Many of our answers immediately, we, oh yeah, I love the Lord. The Lord was saying to Peter, and he's saying to us tonight, if you love me, then show me. Don't just give me lip service. Prove it. Prove it by the way you live your life. Prove it by not being cast down. He says, I can restore you to where you once were. Matthew 26, 35, Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise, 
also said all the disciples, did you hear the Bible? Listen, Peter, in his life, he says, look, everybody else might walk away, Lord, but I would never do that. I would never deny you. Not only did Peter, but the Bible says that all the disciples did. See, the heart of the matter simply is this, is whether or not we love the Lord. I think about this, the Lord restoreth my soul. Here's a thought I had as I close tonight. Can you imagine, and I've thought about this, how far Peter could have gone away from the Lord if the shepherd had not gone after him? There might not have been a day of Pentecost. We might not even know what happened to Peter after this particular moment. But aren't you glad the shepherd went after him? After that one that needed to be restored, the one that was cast down, he needed to be set up right. So I think about my life, just as Christ went after Peter, I'm glad that the shepherd loves me, that there are times that he comes after me. And again, remember that when he comes after us, he's not the one that's moved, we have. And what is he trying to do? He's trying to restore us, to bring us back, to bring us home, to restore our soul. Would you bow your heads with me tonight with our heads bowed? You see, the Lord, wherever you're at tonight, is your soul cast down? I think it's easy sometimes, especially all that's going on these days, for our souls to be cast down. Can I just tell you tonight, the Lord loves you. Just like with Peter, he's praying for you. But the Lord sees the sin in our lives. And what you and I need to do is we need to see that sin for what it is. You see, when we do, then we're on the road to restoration. He restoreth my soul. Would you stand with me tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed as the piano plays? The altar's open tonight. Have a great opportunity tonight. Get ready to head into a new week. Hey, listen, on this Sunday night, why don't you come and say, Lord, I've wandered. I'm not as close to you as I should be. Some of you, nobody else might not know tonight. But maybe you're like that sheep, you're cast down. You found yourself upside down in your life. Some of you may need to just come tonight and say, Lord, would you restore me? Would you turn me upright so that I may be with you? He restoreth. Don't you love the work of the shepherd? 